Hello and welcome. Are you ready to consume? My name is Dylan, aka Queen. Across all social medias, I am Kana Queen. That's K-A-N-E-K-W-E-E-N. Two E's for Twitch and YouTube. Three E's for Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Founder of Entertainment and passionate consumer of entertainment media. Consume Culture is a podcast about shifting the way we consume entertainment media for the better. It's not cancel culture, it's consume culture. And today uh, marks uh, the first podcast of Halloween. If you go to twitch.tv slash Queen, we have a whole month of streams. I'm streaming every day, scary games every day. So to fit along with that theme, I'm going to be doing uh, spooky pods for the month. And um, we have a really, really, really special guest. Um, if you would like to introduce yourselves, I'm so excited. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm Seth. And we're the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. <laughs> yes! Oh my god. The iconic intro that I've been listening to for the past, like, <laughs> couple months in real, in real time. I'm just glad that we we uh, we planned that. Seth and I have been rehearsing for this for this episode for weeks. Right? I love that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we we uh, we've been stuck in the studio since COVID. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Any any interaction we get with the outside is magical and beautiful. So yeah. Yes. Like plenty of perishables. You know. Plenty of no no. We're out of those. <laughs> we are we are out. <laughs> that was Mark. We, 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 we have no perishables. We have no non-perishables. <laughs> What you're saying is you would be really bad at the topic today, which is survival horror video games. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're pretty much bad at all video games. <laughs> well, before we um, get started, um, I'd like to know what you guys are consuming lately. So, Zach, you can go first. Uh, yeah. What have you been consuming lately? Yeah, well, one of the things I've been consuming lately has actually been a bunch of audiobooks, specifically the Dune series by Frank Herbert. Um, the sci-fi epic um, I finished the first Dune like a, a little over two months ago and I've just been going through them um, one, one at a time I'm on the the third book right now which is called Children of Dune nice. uh, yeah they're great I, I'm mostly getting excited for the movie um, but I've been wanting to get into the books for a long time and uh, audiobooks are just what I do best in terms of like consuming um, written media love that i i had no idea that it was um it was a book i actually didn't watch the trailer because it's one of those movies that like i'm genuinely so excited for that i don't watch the trailer i know yeah. that sounds weird but like i just want to go into it blind because yeah absolutely. I, love, I love the cast i love sci-fi so i'm already i'm already sold on it yeah and and without giving anything really away the the, the trailer at least gets me really excited having read the book because it seems like it's following the book very closely and i think that's going to be uh great so oh cool love that yeah, there's uh, yes. worms and worms in doom yeah <laughs> i do know that much um so seth what have you been consuming lately uh so I, i'll go with a, a television show um okay. And I've actually been consuming The Boys. Uh, so The Boys is a Amazon. I don't know if that sounds right, but <laughs> The Boys is a, a Amazon series that is uh, based on the Garth Ennis graphic novel, also called The Boys. Uh, I oh, have read all of The Boys, so I'm a big fan of it. It's a, a very uh, graphic novel. 
And uh, actually, a fun story regarding the boys, the graphic novel, it was originally being published under the uh, DC imprint. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. It wasn't Vertigo, but it was one of their, it was published under a DC imprint. Right. And the, uh, within the first few trades, uh, the boys was so graphic that DC went to Garth Ennis and said, listen, we can't publish this anymore. Um, oh so this gosh. was back in like 2006 uh, is when this was going on. And they were like, you either need to change how this is going. It's also really anti-superhero, so we really don't want that. Or you, you can go away. And he said, all right, I'll, I'll take my business elsewhere. Garth Ennis Dang. is a, and he's, he's a pretty well-known uh, author and in the, com- like in the graphic novel world. So he's uh, responsible for like Preacher as well as one of his, one of his main series. And so he went and he went and got it and shopped it out and got published for the rest of the series through a company called Dynamite. Um, so Dynamite's an independent graphic, uh, uh, com- a graphic novel publishing company. And so they are in the comic publishing company. And so they yeah. picked him up. And uh, so that's what the rest of the entire series was pushed on. So now, now how is this relevant to 2020? Well, if the boys was still being published under a DC imprint, then it would probably be released on the DC universe, which is a streaming service that nobody owns and, <laughs> and nobody would oh, watch no. it. Oh, no. Right. But instead, because Garth Ennis had full control, creative control over it, uh, he was able to shop it out and go to Amazon and get picked up. And now look at it. It's pretty big. Dang, um, that's so crazy. I've, I've been really enjoying it. Uh, it is very div- um, I, I, it is very divergent from the comics. Uh, so I recommend that if you like the material that you are watching, then pick up the comics. Though, understand that the comics, I would say, are more graphic than the actual show. Yes. So if, if the show is borderline too graphic for you, but you're still watching it, then you probably should avoid the, uh, the comics. Right, yeah. Typically, comics are allowed to get away with more so yes and that's one of the other reasons why he was happy with dynamite uh garth did a interview post the dynamite uh post the signing with dynamite and uh he even said was he was like well i'm actually really glad that we like this happened anyway because dynamite just let us do whatever we want right where dc would have still had a lot of creative control in regards to uh metering what was uh being released yeah, that's true, and I've uh, I've heard of a couple people recommending it to me, and I I haven't watched it myself, but uh, there's been a lot of Twitch ads for it, so like oh. I keep seeing because there's like a second season that's coming out, right? It's yeah. already out. Yeah, it's coming out. It re- it releases every Friday, and there are four or five episodes in at the time of this recording. Yeah, yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that's what I've been seeing all over Twitch. So. I need to check it out because what? apparently yeah, the people who are controlling my ads and my social media <laughs> think so. So, well, it's it's so Twitch is an Amazon company, and the boys uh, is an Amazon. 
property. Uh-huh. So I, I'm sure you're going to get some crossover there when it comes to Amazon promoting itself. <laughs> like, oh, you like Twitch? Well, maybe you also like this other show that we own. <laughs> we love a monopoly. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> as for what I've been uh, consuming lately, um, I have two things and they have absolutely nothing to do with each other and absolutely nothing to do with the theme for today. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, like, uh, my, the boys is somewhat horror. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty horror from like the the shot that I always see in the ads is like some like guts being taken out of someone's abdomen, and I don't really know the context of it, but it seems pretty horror to me. Uh, I mean, it's also socially horror. <laughs> if it, it, I, I can we. I don't want to take away. I, I could keep going harping on the boys, but uh, no, go ahead. It's a it's a commentary on like superhero and satire. So uh, superheroes okay. are essentially corporate funded and are giant assholes. <laughs> oh, interesting, actually, um, really, and yeah, they pretty much do whatever they want, including murdering people and getting away with it. So it's okay. uh, unique. I, I definitely recommend watching the first few episodes if you're thinking about picking it up. Yeah. Um, it, I'm just straight up. It is very graphic. Sweet. Well. All right. And was it, what are you consuming again? My, um, my first one is uh, not graphic at all. It is a video game called Genshin Impact. And okay. it just came out like, I think like two or three days ago. It's, a, it's an RPG uh, like fully anime style RPG um, it has completely taken over my last like 24 hours <laughs> it's so good it's um, it's really gorgeous they take a lot of like very obvious inspiration from um, Breath of the Wild mm. like a lot of the mechanics and the enemies are very similar um, but yeah I, I have been playing that nonstop since I downloaded it yesterday morning. Um, and then my second thing, which is... It just, it just came out, too. Like yeah, it literally, like it literally just came out, yeah. It, yeah. And it's, uh, it's free-to-play, which is boggling my mind because the production quality of it is almost matchable to, like, Breath of the Wild. So, yeah, but I'm sure there's microtransactions. There are, but it's not like, like, I thought it was going to be a lot more obvious of like, hey, you have to buy this thing in order to like, level up your character, but it's not like that at all. Hmm. Like, leveling up was very seamless, very easy, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really shook that it's free to play. But, um, and the other thing that I've been consuming lately is uh, today... Sean Mendez announced that he is releasing a song and an album. And um, if you know me, you know I am a super Sean stan. <laughs> I adore him. I think his music is brilliant. Um, I think he gets a lot of flack for being a pop star, but I think he's a lot more than that. Uh, and yeah, he released like a one minute intro song today that I've had on repeat and the album comes out in December. So I am really freaking pumped for that. I, th- I think it's cool that he, he got his start on, on Vine, which is like, yeah, 
uh, I don't know. It's just like now in the age now in the age of TikTok, it's it's like you're seeing these people who who get their start doing kind of silly content or or stuff like that, and they're they're kind of able to make it huge really quick and abbreviated yeah. content too, because vines yeah. and TikTok are usually shorter videos versus more I guess longer form YouTube. But even like a ten minute video is long compared to like a TikTok video or a Vine video. Yeah, yeah. most of them I guess. I'm not super familiar with. Uh, TikTok. So that's the old one. I am the uh, old one. I think you can do up to a minute on TikTok, but still. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, still comparatively to like a ten-minute video, which is seems ten-minute video on YouTube seems short. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at like, um, uh, like Troy Sivan, he started as a YouTuber, but like now, I feel like if you were to mention Troy Sivan, if anyone knows who he is, like, you wouldn't think of him as a YouTuber. You'd think of him as like a giant pop star. <laughs> Yeah, right. Or, 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 or Bieber. I mean, who got yeah. started on on um, YouTube back in the day, and now right. look at him now. <laughs> you know, insane. Um, speaking of YouTube and things you can watch on YouTube, <laughs> it's like speaking <laughs> of Justin Bieber. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was me trying to make a segue, but I feel like Seth's better. <laughs> But you know what? I will go on record and say I unapologetically love Justin Bieber's music. Huh? <laughs> I, I, just know the, I just know there's one that has a baby in it. And... <laughs> yes, that is the, uh, that's the quintessential Bieber. The song's not called Baby. It just has the baby. It just, <laughs> it just has a baby. There's just I... the singular baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I assume. I, I don't know. So yeah, um, speaking of Justin Bieber, we're going to talk about survival horror. <laughs> Which is, I guess, very similar topics. You know what? You know, to some people it might be. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. So Baby to that baby. <laughs> there are lots of babies in survival horror. Yeah. So we're going to get into survival horror, um, specifically video games. Um there's a lot that I wanted to touch on, but I would like to start by saying, um, well, I'll start by saying, what is your, like, current gen favorite? And then we'll get into, like, what is your old, like, older cl- kind of classic gaming survival horror favorite? Um, so, Zach, if, yeah. you had, if you had to choose a kind of like current gen ongoing survival horror title what would you say is your like go-to yeah um definitely the 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 resident evil franchise which i guess got its start classic but has has continued into the modern gen um and while i loved resident evil 7 uh i really like the the remake for two um that i that came out uh, i think it was two years ago yeah i've heard um the remake for two and three are like fantastic yeah yeah i haven't played three yet but the remake for two is amazing um and it captures a lot of the the fun from you know the classic game but it modernizes it which i think is really useful with a series like resident evil that could yeah. really deserve to be modernized um in terms of gameplay and graphics and such um and, and it makes it even though it's called Resident Evil 2 Remake, you can definitely go into that game never playing Resident Evil 2 and love it um, because it 
really is its own unique game. And yeah, it has a ton of references to the classic game, but you don't necessarily need to catch those references in order to enjoy the game. It's its own unique horror game. So that definitely... What did you say? I was just saying, definitely the Resident Evil games are the ones that I I kind of am uh, currently, um, you know, following in terms of modern trends. Yeah, I... um... I played Resident Evil 7, which I know was like a departure kind of for the series because it was, I believe, the first um, the first first-person version of a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Um, horrifying. <laughs> like, yeah. so scary. Um, I now have a PlayStation VR, but I don't think I will ever touch that game in VR because... That just seems like you're asking for trouble. It's rough. I, I have played it in VR and it is a rough game. Oh in my VR. God. Yeah. Not in the sense of like being like bad VR wise. It's just terrifying. Just scary. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm scared to play Half-Life Alex in VR, let alone Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And actually um, it's funny you mentioned Resident Evil because that was going to be my, um, uh, kind of classic game because my oh. the first game the first horror game that I ever remember like playing and by remember playing I don't remember anything about the game but I literally just remember putting the cartridge in the Nintendo 64 and yeah. being terrified of the box art for Resident Evil 2 on N64. Oh for yeah. For some reason like the box art itself creeped me out so bad and like Especially at the age that I was, probably like, I don't know, eight or nine-ish. Those kind of games felt so forbidden. <laughs> it oh, was like, yeah, yeah. It was like, I'm doing something wrong by playing this game right now. Like, I'm going to, like, summon some negative demon jujube, like, something. Yeah, um, I used to get those feelings with, and when we talk about classic games, um, with the Silent Hill games yeah just the the negative energy they kind of give out as as nature of the game totally so um seth Mm -hmm. you have kind of a go-to or a favorite uh current gen survival horror yeah so current gen i'm probably gonna say the force which you've actually seen us play on twitch oh my god i have okay I'm going to uh, let you continue, but I have so many thoughts on The Forest. Go ahead. Um, so The Forest is a uh, first-person cooperative survival horror game where uh, you all end up, you're all on an island and you have to delve into the cave system of the island in order to find things because you are survivors of a plane crash. And also on the island are cannibals and other monsters and it's been fun. I think it's been, I think it came out of early access, I want to say last year, um, and was in uh, beta for quite a long time, like early access yeah. beta type situation for quite right. a long time. And I actually, I, I owned it pretty early on and was like, oh, this looks like a fun game and uh, decided to uh, pick it up and play it from there. Uh, yeah. Really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun uh cooperatively i have a friend who plays it which is more my jam when it comes to horror games um i'm definitely more of a cooperative horror person i like to be scared together versus scared alone um it's just my personality i guess there are like even there's certain games that i'll i'll play um that 
will end up getting a little too creepy and then I'll have to like back out of it and not play it for a little while. Or <laughs> so it's so it funny you say that because that is the forest for me. Oh yeah, but not with a bunch of other people. It's hilarious with, especially since like uh, I, I have a, I and some of my friends that I play with are really bad at being cooperative when it comes to a cooperative horror game. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like so I'm bad. My I have a friend named Ryan who's bad. Um, except for Logman Ryan, he's real good. Um, hey guys, don't play, don't play games like the brothers. That's right. Please don't so, play games like us. <laughs> so like, I think part of it is the hilarity where, yeah, you know, there might be like a horror scene in the forest where you're down in the mines and it's all dark and creepy and you're getting attacked by these little like mutant babies or something that yeah. are throwing themselves on you. But, you know, at the same time, we're in chat together and I'm and I'm like either like not with the group or like I'm like oh I, I have a Vavotov cocktail that I'm going to throw I think yeah. that will be a good idea and then Zach's on fire and it's just like and it's just yeah it's just like everybody's dead uh, and only I'm alive for some reason yeah um I had uh, I was also in that same vein of me being bad at playing video games, especially cooperatively, um, I would play a lot of Dead by Daylight. And my friend would always say, uh, Seth, uh, you understand when you play Dead by Daylight, we're we're all survivors trying to survive together. And you're a survivor that's trying just to survive. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to necessarily go out of my way to help you because the objective is for me to escape. There's no <laughs> objective for me to save your ass if I can. Like, if you're like, right. like if you're screwed up yourself and you're hanging on a hook, like, yeah, maybe I'll get it if it's convenient for me. But if it's not right. convenient for me and it's going to jeopardize my ability to survive, then well, sorry. Love it. I love the savageness. I, um, yeah, so I didn't know what the game was until I had watched uh, you guys play it on your Twitch channel, um, twitch.tv slash Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. Check it out. Uh, so, and I was very uh, intrigued by it because I was like, this is like quintessential survival horror. Like, it literally is what it, what the genre is. Like, the point of the whole game is just how long can you survive um basically by yourself or with other people but so then i picked it up and i had it for the ps4 so i couldn't play with you guys um and this was like toward the beginning of quarantine that i was playing this game (laughs) and i was like playing it alone in the dark and it just that the forest was one of the most uh unsettling not even i wouldn't even say scary because scary to me when i say scary i mean like oh my god i'm scared i'm like panicked the forest for me is like i feel so uncomfortable to the point where like i deleted that game off of my playstation (laughs) because i physically i think i streamed it like once maybe once maybe twice played it off stream once and then was like that was the most unsettling disturbing why would I do that to myself experience? I've yeah. almost ever had in a video yeah. game. Besides it, it, maybe like Outlast. I, I think it definitely, I think it definitely, not to toot my own horn, but I think it definitely benefits from my commentary because I generally just make random commentary or 
like laugh. It's one of my, actually, it's like a defense mechanism, right? So if I'm presented with something that's unsettling or horror, I generally try and find the humor in it. Right, and then you make it funny, and then and then you know, scary goes away, but it's still enjoyable. Right, exactly, and and that especially is prevalent when I I am with other people. Uh, So, for example, I um, went to a haunted house with my uh, fiance, and it was a very intense haunted house, and also uh, not the so it was one in Niagara Falls. Oh, cool! And it's a very it's on the Canadian side and it's a very campy uh, haunted house. All of Niagara Falls on the Canadian side is pretty campy, Um, but there's like this giant Frankenstein and he's like, he's actually eating a Big Mac because at some point in time they got into a uh, relationship with the Burger King. So he's, he's like, he's got this giant Big Mac in his hand and he's, and this is like, I'm, I'm talking, I'm telling you, it's like a 20 foot, tall Frankenstein that's like jutting out of this building um, in in Niagara. And so we went into it because we're like, yeah, this is great. And they just, it's pitch black and there's like things hanging from the ceiling and my fiance reacted poorly to it. And I was just laughing the entire time because I just thought it was so funny. Like for me, it was kind of over the top. I was just like, this is hilarious. I mean, if you have a group of people, obviously that makes it better. And the forest for me was like grade A lesson learned. Like just to give you guys the listeners context who have never played the forest. If you play by yourself, basically what you're doing is you crash landed onto this island and you're trying to survive long enough for you to find a, was it your son or your brother yeah I, like I, a child yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're trying to survive on this island for as many days as you can and try what you're trying to do is you're trying to find this kid um but in the meantime there are these like humanoid creature kind of not really human things in caves haunting yeah. the island they all take like different forms and so like one one instance i remember is like i for the longest time did not realize how like one that you have to like keep yourself fed and like you no. have water and so there's one instance where like i had uh moved off of the side of the island onto like this little island itself. And I was standing there the whole day trying to build this like turtle shell so you can catch water when it rains. Didn't work, night falls. (laughs) So I'm by myself in the middle of the ocean outside this island. And it is, I mean, pitch black. And when uh, when the people or the humanoid things like creep up on you, you can literally hear them like, coming for you they communicate with each other the ai is really smart in that game oh yeah uh and so just having my headphones on and hearing them like breathe down my neck but i literally can't see anything and i'm also in the water so like i can't escape oh my god that gives like (laughs) that game is that is anxiety the game (laughs) you you definitely benefit what what we'll do because i i understand that you now have a pretty decent PC. I do. What we I'll just buy you the forest or I might have a copy of it floating around. Oh, I don't know. I just have it. and then you can play 
you can play it with us yeah. on and on a stream, and we will pre- will protect you. Yeah, that, I think is, is doable. Like, because I I will just I will just make fun of everything that happens in that game. There's there's also a good chunk of the time where sometimes my game glitches out. So like once oh, Seth yeah. and I were playing, and for some reason the only way I could interact with any object was by drinking. So I was trying to like, I was trying to like search the inventory of a dead body and my guy just like bends down and drinks from the dead body. No. <laughs> it's just so weird. Yeah, but it was hilarious. Yeah. So then we'd be like, oh, and one of the things that we say in that game when we're playing is if you have the lips. <laughs> so, oh yeah. <laughs> so the lips, because the lips show lips up. Icon. The lips show up when you can drink something. Uh, so we'll be like, oh, do you have the lips? Because if you have the lips, you can drink it. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's bad water or not. Whatever. It'll, it'll work its way out. Yeah, okay. sure. So Zachary got to, he's like, I'm getting the lips on dead bodies. And we're like, whatever, just drink it. <laughs> like, I did not die of hydration that game. You, you, know, you drink everything. Water. The number of times I died from hydration and like the couple of times that I played it is just oh, no. stupid. Oh, no. Wait, and well, like, like I, there's another instance where I, I like found, uh, I finally found a place that I can like chill, get water, whatever, everything's fine. There was like a, a boat next to where I was staying. I like set up camp there. Everything was good, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like I have the boat to escape to if I need to get away from enemies. And then you're sitting there, and it's like you see the creatures like passing by or like walking by in the distance, and then they start running like hauling ass across the entire plane and you just have to sit there and literally wait it out like wait the entire night out to move like oh god the forest is if you want a true true and tried survival horror experience highly recommend the forest um like i said i deleted that game in about two days because it was so scary <laughs> and i never do that oh that's um, so great I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sad though i feel like that i i feel like you definitely need to play with it on the pc because i feel like sure. you need to you need to give it a good the way i feel like it's meant to be played which is uh, i in my opinion that game should be played cooperatively i had a i had a friend who actually had a very similar um situation where he he watched us on twitch and he's like, oh, this is great because I can watch you guys play it and it's hilarious because yes. you guys are literally just like, we, we're just dicking around, right, in the oh. entire game. And it's like, usually we can get a, go- a good group where it's like, so we can take pretty much anything that comes at us. Right. So And we're just rolling around, just doing whatever we want. He's like, this is great. I can see the game because he's like, I can't play the game by myself. Right. So... He's like, I've tried playing the game by myself, and I just, I can't do it. It's too much. And I, I'm like, yeah, well, you can always just join us and play the game because, like, I, I like, we, we do have a decent group that we play with, and we can probably hustle up and rustle up to get them to, to play with us as well, so we can go in at least with four or five people deep. And yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll take those monsters by surprise. We'll yeah, we'll just, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a totally, totally different. Uh, experience. It's a different experience because then you have like a fortress and you're like sitting there. Yeah, when you're by yourself too, like resources resources deplete very fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. we have we have Ryan who knows a log trick where he just spawns infinite amount of logs. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I would like to get into um your favorite classic survival horror game. I know I kind of mentioned mine. Um, 
but I will add, well, before we do that, I will say very briefly, my current gen favorite uh, survival horror is The Last of Us. I already did two giant episodes on it on this podcast, so I won't go into detail, but man, The Last of Us 2, I think, is a near-perfect uh, survival horror game in my in my humble opinion but i will i will diverge from that because if you want to hear more about how i am obsessed with the last of us 2 and how good i think it is um i did two whole episodes as a part one part two uh i think it's episode two and three yeah, um, yeah so definitely check those out um but as for classic like i said resident evil was the first one i ever remember physically playing and also i don't know if this cassette counts as survival horror it felt like survival horror as a kid <laughs> but turok did you guys okay. ever play turok wait um uh, we never we never owned turok sec seth but we might have we might have rented it at one point it was the four game right it's, it's yeah is it a first person shooter yeah yeah yes. yeah, yeah we hunt dinosaurs yeah. with dinosaurs yeah. right i get yeah. turok confused with another game do you yeah, get it confused uh, with Dino Crisis? Probably. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly like like hunting dinosaurs and animalistic type. Yeah, my our cousins actually own Turok. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was terrifying at the time. And also a funny little story from that. I remember I was at my cousin's house playing it, and when you go to save the game, it asks you, "Are you sure?" As most mm-hmm. games do, like, "Are you sure you want to save this?" <laughs> me being like seven years old thought it was asking us are you swear like like in my mind it was like are you bad <laughs> so i i remember turning to my my neighbor because i was only, only allowed to play it at my neighbor's house turning to my neighbor and being like are you swear like are you gonna say yes or are you gonna say no it's <laughs> literally just asking me to save the game so stupid <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's very good. Uh, um, Seth. Yes. Classic. You. We having some audio issues. Oh no! Did I log out? Or something? You were just very quiet. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah I can hear you now. All right, perfect. Seth. Yeah. Uh, what is your classic favorite survival horror game? So I'm going to rock it old school and just say Alone in the Dark. Uh, so that it's a survival horror game, perhaps even one of the first survival horror games, uh, released in good old 1992. Um, and it was just... What? <laughs> Oh, uh, so it was released in 1992. It was originally developed by InfoGames and uh, published by InfoGames originally and then Interplay and then Atari and then TH Nordic, HQ Nordic yeah. because they love republishing this game. Um, but it was, uh, the first release was the Alone in the, the Alone in the Dark, which was 1992. Um, so it is a very, the first game, there have been many iterations of this game. Uh, the first game is very Lovecraftian horror. And um, 
Now, mind you, my experience with this game does not extend very far into the game. Uh, there is a, it's very a polygonal, what is it? Polygonal? Poly- polygonal? Polygonal <laughs> graphics. Uh, so the graphics uh, are very, okay. very polygon looking for the graphics. And you walk in a very like stiff manner and you play as this dude or this dudette who goes into this mansion and in the mansion you eventually get attacked by these monsters and you start in the attic zach i think we're where they are in the the original movie they're like walking through the mansion and they end up in the attic and that's where you take control of them we always skipped the intro movie so it always seemed like they were walking through the gate and then they decided to enter through the attic um which is a strange i was like that's not how i normally enter buildings but um more power to you uh you you play as and it's a very uh fixed perspective type game uh very similar to resident evil um when it comes to that like because uh, that's part of horror uh, at least a, a lot of the classic survival horror games um, a lot of that fixed perspective is a type uh, of that where the camera is set in a way that you cannot manipulate the camera so then if something is happening off screen or something like that uh, you're not immediately alerted to that right so because you can't see it because you're only like like silent hill and games like that yeah silent hill resident evil alone in the dark the 1992 game kind of started that um and with that um type of perspective uh actually i think it it so alone in the dark wasn't all so it actually got reclassified as a survival horror game once the survival horror game was established later on they went back and reclassified it um, because it's a very um old game it was on originally it was uh, available on ms dos which was a uh, program on your computers um that was also uh eventually the like the base bone of windows which was an application of ms dos and then eventually MS DOS got killed. But yeah. Um, well, well, it's interesting too. That, I mean, Seth describing that the game had to be reclassified, and I think that it, it's important to note that the term survival horror really only originated because of Resident Evil. It was actually in Japan, the like genre titles were like for some reason that was just a thing in Japanese packaging for video games. Is when a game came out, they put the genre title on it. So like if you had an adventure game, it said adventure game, and you had like an RPG game, it said role playing game. And when Resident Evil came out, it was called survival horror, and that was the first time anyone had ever put that on the game packaging to describe a genre. That's so I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why the term even existed. Um, and actually, I think like. I think Silent Hills says like psychological horror or something different than survival nice. horror. So um, it, it's just kind of like an interesting little thing that, that why all these older games then had to go and get reclassified as survival horror because it became the name of the whole genre for just horror games. Up wow. Resident Evil is, uh, is really that girl. She's, she's it's iconic. The, it's the yeah, it's the, she's the trendsetter. Um, so I know, Zach, you said your, uh, your favorite of the classics would be Silent Hill. 
Yeah, yeah. Silent Hill um, is definitely one of my favorite classic horror games, um, specifically classic survival horror games. Um, I've been replaying, or I've been playing through for the first time, the first Silent Hill, um, and I'm getting mostly through it. I'm almost done with it. And it is, despite being a game coming you know, out in the 90s, right around the time Resident Evil and Alone in the Dark were coming out, it is is creepy it was very very creepy <laughs> it's like it is it's just disturbing imagery and um like even for the time it also uses you know very polygonal graphics as Seth described but um <laughs> it's like polygonal but like disgusting at times graphics where you, you have the body horror and such um and it's just it's just one of those games that yeah it's but it's 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 good. I like it a lot. I highly recommend people play it if they don't uh, want to get spooked. Yeah. Silent Hill PT. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which was, I mean, took the internet by storm, rightfully so, because uh, for those of you who don't know, it was a, it was basically there was supposed to be a Silent Hill game being released, like a full game. Um, but they never ended up releasing the entire game, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, PT was, like, a part of that, but it wasn't the full game, and, like, if you were to play PT all the way through, it would probably take you, like, what, like, an hour or so. Yeah, yeah, PT was, like, it was really just a tech demo. Um, in fact, people aren't really sure if, obviously we'll never know, but people aren't even sure if that's what the the full game was going to even be like at all <laughs> like some people are like the, but um it, it it was yeah for those who don't know i don't know if seth knows pt was a it stands for playable teaser and it was the um silent hills tech demo by hideo kojima of metal gear solid fame and guillermo del toro who directed pan's labyrinth and devil's backbone and also with with character design by junji ito who's like this world-renowned manga artist from japan who makes these terrifying works of horror manga it was like literally the the three musketeers of horror and they're like nope canceled <laughs> so that makes, i mean it makes a lot of sense and i i almost kind of like the story surrounding it because now it's kind of its own entity yeah uh, and if you like i mean if you want like a good kick out of watching someone play a horror game, look up Sound Hill PT playthrough on YouTube and you can go down a spiral because that game is very, very scary. Um, And I want to say it's interesting because like video games in general get a lot of flack from the general public of being... um, something kind of junky kind of uh you know you hear that like stereotypical like violent video games are affecting our children and you know people are doing bad things because the violent video games we should just ban all blah 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 and i'm curious to hear your guys opinion of that especially in survival horror because survival horror tends to it does get extremely graphic and extremely violent and um but I think, personally, the rhetoric of, like, violent video games having to be banned is something that is just old and tired. And in my opinion, like, it's like with anything else. You can take everything in moderation and also, you know, 
like growing up, my my parents embedded into me and from a very young age, I could play like almost anything because they would always say, I'm allowing you to play this as long as you don't realize, as long as you realize that it's not real life. Yeah, yeah. Like, as long as you realize that like what you're doing are inherently bad things. <laughs> yeah, right. And I guess, I mean, that does depend on what you're playing, but like, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts about kind of the controversy over um, humans being able to do such despicable things via um, kind of the tip of their own fingered fingers. Yeah. So I think a part to understand, like, the controversy in video games is a pretty deep topic, right? It's been around for quite some time, probably since really since video games could appear graphic right that's they've been around there's been a lot of uh, controversies it stemmed well back to well well back not to, to 93 there were actual um there were two video games that were released of uh infamy mortal Kombat, and oh, night trap Good game. And nice. both of these games, Night Trap and Mortal Kombat, were released, and there were a congressional hearings in regards to what we should do with these. And in response, the ESRB was formed. So the ESRB is a, a nonprofit organization that rates video games, and it's a it's a self governing it's a self regulatory organization, and they essentially determine whether a game gets a an e rating or an m rating or a t rating or the illustrious ao rating (laughs) (laughs) um but um and and i think that has at least so because when people are like well this game's rated m like understand that when you when you look at that game rating the the game like the game company like game not necessarily gamers but but like a, a a regulation body of people who wanted to not have like video games be banned uh, decided <laughs> to rate it that way and, and I think, for a reason and, and, and yeah right yeah. and and i think that that in part being established back in 94 and has been around since then uh has helped a lot in regards to at least uh, having people be more informed in regards to their purchases. Also, there's, there's a thing it's, it's pretty, pretty legal in regards to packaging uh, relationships. Uh, So any product that puts a package out there is engaging with that package into a binding agreement with the purchaser of that product right right. so if you say something on your product you are saying yep this is what it is this is the agreement and with that along with the so same the rating right so the rating is there so now you have a rating that's kind of a binding agreement between you and this game company this game and this company saying this game is rated for m if you buy this game and allow your child to play it. Right. That was you. That was a you. That was a consensual act. Right. A very you, conscious decision. Right. Yeah. You yeah, decided yeah. to purchase it. Right. 
or uh, there was fault on the retailer, right? The retailer missold the item, which is so if the kid was 16 and they had a fake ID, that kid would be not necessarily committing a crime, but he wouldn't be playing by the rules, right? There's no like legal precedent in regards to, it's just like a movie, right? There's no, they're not gonna right. like arrest you for going to a rated R movie. But also like, it, it, it's up to the parents too, because like I, uh, I used to work at GameStop mm -hmm. and I mean, it was like, I feel like at least once or twice a week, it was the mom coming in with the screaming kid and the screaming kid wanted to get like Grand Theft Auto and the mom would like get to the counter with it and like almost be buying it. And then, you know, I'd have to offhandedly mention the contents of the game because this kid is very clearly like not of age, right. um, you know, like 10, 11 year olds trying to get Grand Theft Auto. Um, and then I would mention it to the parents and I would say, nine times out of ten the parents would be like oh what he never told me that any of this was in the game what why would you want to buy this game like you tricked me you know like and so it's it's really up to the parents too to like you know figure out how to navigate that and like any media kids especially nowadays kids can get their hands on pretty much anything they want um and i think like what you're saying like the rating system is to hopefully prevent that um but also i think taking it a step further kind of like what i said with my parents kind of making sure that i know that what i'm doing is bad and that i would never actually imitate what i'm seeing on screen um right it's taking it a step further and in, te in teaching you know like morals and values and you know i think i think it's a conversation that has also speaking of the last of us um been brought up very recently because of the last of us 2 which is being high re highly regarded as one of the most violent video games ever um and you know even i have gotten flack for saying that the last of us 2 is probably one of my favorite games of all time um because they're like well it's so violent you kill dogs like you do all these despicable acts in it i'm like yes but if you look at it for only that, you mm. miss the entire point of the entire message of the entire series. So it's all about like digging a little bit deeper. And, and so, and that ties back to even like the, like we were just talking about with what we were recently consuming with the boys being very yeah. graphic. Right. Um, and you can even go back to like uh, Watchmen, which is a, a very uh, like banner comic right and they even did some really amazing stuff with it on hbo um where i actually really liked their reimagining and the expansion onto the watchman world yeah. um but watchman it came out in the 80s and there are there is animal death in watchman there yeah. is people exploding in watchman um there is all sorts of things that happened in that comic which is still a, a visual medium it's not it, it's not as maybe as visceral as video games can be now right. uh, i think that the video game can be very visceral but if you're back in 1980 it was also a controversial topic there is there is a i think there is a line right i think there is a line between an art and doing it for the sake of doing it
Yes, totally, totally agree. Uh, I, I think that, and I think that is the role of like the publishing company to determine, or the retailer to determine where that line is for them. So uh, Steam has standards and uh, the other video game distribution uh, softwares have stand like good old games and Epic. They all have standards somewhere along the line for their developers to say, right. if you're going to be listed on our store, you need to abide by these things. Right. And violent or to like making like uh, something that's like, well, where Manhunt was very controversial when Manhunt. Yeah. Yeah, oh my right. gosh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so, and man, but what, what, but then you look at a game like Hitman and Hitman's a murder simulator. Is Hitman like a horror game where you're chasing people around with like an axe and like brutalizing them? No. But you could right. do some way worse things than Hitman depending yeah. on the game too. But I, but I believe that it's presented in a much cleaner fashion. Yeah. And that's part of the art of Hitman, right? Yes. So Hitman comes to you and says, listen, we're an M-rated game. And we're about you playing this guy who kills people. And he kills people in various different ways. But he, I've played a lot of Hitman. It is very infrequently gratuitous. In fact, yeah, it's so. usually funny yeah. because the ragdoll physics may act up. So you may see like people like f- flip through the sky, especially in earlier games. But it's very, it's very clean. So I think with, but it's still a violent game. And Grand Theft Auto, um, I think Grand Theft Auto and like even the new what, Grand Theft Auto Five being the the flagship of them right now, I I played through it. I beat the game. I enjoy Grand Theft Auto games. I always have enjoyed Grand Theft Auto games. Um, and I enjoy Grand Theft Auto games for the sake of the story, as it were. Versus, I'm I'm a connoisseur of Grand Theft Auto um, and play it for the story versus playing it for the online version. Um, and I really enjoy that type of realism story um and i think that with uh like even grand theft auto it's still not gratuitous there is violence but there is there's a there's a difference i believe when it comes to um like grand theft auto type violence versus the gratuitousness of like, for example, Mortal Kombat, like the original Mortal Kombat. I would say that the original Mortal Kombat has, especially when you come into like fatalities and stuff, a much more brutal violence. It's for violence sake. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's the brutality of it, which I mean, some people enjoy and think, you know, you move on to like a, a, you can be so brutal. It's satire almost, but (laughs) like when there's, um, there is a there's a game that I own that's called um, it's like this it's like the visceral cleanup. Oh, a vis, vis, viscera? Vis- no, it's the it's the janitor game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like visceral, the cleanup. Yeah. It's like visceral cleanup game or something. Zach's gonna look it up right now. But um, viscera cleanup detail. Yeah, vis, visceral. It's not visceral cleanup detail. It's it doesn't have an L. Viscera, oh, Viscera, there we go. Viscera cleanup detail, where you play as um, janitors who are cleaning up, like, not necessarily crime, like, they're, like, 
super gory like an alien like you're cleaning up the aftermath of like an aliens movie and like that's the game so you show up as you're like this janitor crew and you have to like pick up guts and like clean like mop up blood and like clean up like spill toxic waste and you have to put the place back to normal before you can complete the mission and it's it's a funny physics type game um and the the visceral is presented in a way that it's not uh like gross or anything so i think it still gets an m i might get a t but plenty of different avenues you can go and uh we don't have a lot of time left but zach i am curious to hear on survival horror on um you know in my notes i have i guess for both of you but for zach because i want to hear your opinion on this um so you don't want to hear me talk anymore no i actually wish you would mute your mic no (laughs) no not at all just for that no (laughs) you did it Okay, so so Zach, uh, harmful or harmless? Um, yeah, I think it really depends on the game. So, I mean, I'm thinking of at least in line of, if I if I'm keeping survival horror really in in line, I think when you have survival horror and when you have horror games, you, you fall under a couple of different branches of type of horror games. So you have the games that are like your Silent Hills, your Resident Evils. Um, which in reality, those games were designed to be like watching a B movie, like watching an old horror movie from the seventies or eighties. And I'm not talking about watching like, like, you know, breakfast club style eighties movie. I mean, going to see (laughs) like back room, maybe in, in the, in a shady parking lot on a, on a really low end projector. Some version of like Friday the yeah yeah like even lower budget than friday the 13th kind of horror movies um you know the stuff you see on amazon prime sometimes for free um it's just just like the bottom of the barrel type horror movies and that's what those games were um and 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 to this day i still think there are games that end up like that and then there are games that are more serious in tone, obviously. Like Last of Us is definitely going for a more serious tone and right. to be treated more serious. So putting games into that perspective and then asking, well, are they harmful or, or, or what? Again, it's just such a like broad topic because it from from a from a standpoint of someone who who really loves psychology, who who tries to understand psychology and who studied a little bit of psychology, um my understanding and my belief has always been that video games do not make someone violent, but they could still desensitize people to violence. Oh, um, so like me, me going out and playing doom or, or playing resident evil or playing the last of us Two, it, it's not going to make me be a violent person, but when you're playing these horror games and when when you're playing these these violent games and when you're experiencing this visceral horror and even when it's cartoony like in doom or in in resident evil there's still part of you that gets disassociated with the actual violence and the actual horror that you might experience in real life yeah, true whether or not this makes someone violent 
that's a whole other question. Personally, I don't believe it does. I mean, my argument has always been I've played Doom and I've never committed an act of violence, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like and I know that's I know that's a very silly thing to say, but you know, you put a hundred people in a room, you make them all play Doom, all hundred people aren't gonna go out and do something terrible. Um yeah, and it's like it, from, it goes for any type of media, it goes for movies, it goes for shows, it goes for it's like how far can you go without blaming you know, without blaming the media Absolutely. itself. Absolutely. And, and, and like, like movies and like books, it, video games are not in a way original in their controversy. I mean, video games will always have controversy and horror will always be controversial because it's such a niche topic. It's such yeah. a niche subject. Um, I mean, looking back at movies and books, movies and books of, of, of different time periods have always been considered controversial. I mean, in the, in, in the 60s and 70s, when you had those horror movies, they were considered outrageous for the time. And going back even farther into the 1800s and in early 1900s, certain books were considered outrageous. I mean, one of the earliest movies was The Great Train Robbery. And the, the most controversial part of that movie was the fact that a man pointed a pistol at the camera for a fraction of a second. Yeah, it caused yeah. outrage. You know, people, it's yeah. the reason we had the MPAA form, which is the movie rating system. You know, yeah. it's it, it, back then, the simplest thing can, can cause controversy. And I, I think that's, that's just true with all media. All media is going to cause controversy. So in the same vein that, you know, listening to Marilyn Manson is not going to make you a Satanist. I don't think playing violent video games are going to make you violent. However, they're still introducing you to something. They're introducing you to topics that you might not be familiar with, you might not be comfortable with, and they might desensitize you to some stuff. I mean, listening to music that has heavy satanic overtones into it might make you a little desensitized to images of like that or, you know, ideas of the occult. But it's not going to turn you into one, you know? Totally. And I also think like it's a, it's such a shame that the horror genre gets so much um, not only flack, but I also think it in general isn't taken as seriously as other genres. Yeah, because, because it's looked at as you know something um, kind of hyper fantastical and also like we've been talking about controversial. Um, but I think it's a shame because like what we've been talking about first it's it's all in the way you consume it right but also there oftentimes is so much more to the game or the show or the movie that you're watching where it's not and some things are you know horror for horror's sake which is great i i have no problem with it but also there's so much horror that doesn't get the the praise that i think it deserves because it's denounced as horror and then yeah. it's and then people aren't willing to see past the genre and see like oh the last of us 2 is like a really really humane at its core story about people and the way that they the way that they work and revenge and you know cycle of violence and yeah. and uh lgbt representation and uh, bigotry like but at the surface, you can just say, oh, it's a survival horror game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and especially horror movies. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think there has been, I don't think there will be at least for many years, a horror movie that wins Best Picture. You know? <laughs> Which I think is such a shame. <laughs> because plenty of horror movies I've seen deserve Best Picture. I oh, mean, like, like, like 
I mean, get out hereditary hereditary, yeah absolutely but but i mean you also have to understand that there are people who just don't necessarily want that experience right versus that's true um, other other mediums especially speaking specifically when it comes to like a horror um if you make a horror movie you're you're in a sense making a play at the audience in regards to you're you're making in my opinion when you make a horror movie you're telling the audience you're going to scare them yeah yes and I, i have thought about this concept so much because i would love to see like (laughs) <laughs> even though it would never pass especially nowadays but i would love to see like a movie or like a survival horror game that's not marketed as horror that's marketed as like literally anything but and then while you're playing you slowly start to realize that it's a horror game <laughs> I, I mean and you can um <laughs> some of that like um the like I would say like Black Mirror can be somewhat similar to that. Um, where yeah, I watch, yeah, right. I watch, I love Black Mirror. It's one of my favorite shows. We can only, my fiance doesn't necessarily like watching it a lot. And she has to be in the mood for it because there's always a twist in Black Mirror. It's not necessarily a horror twist, but there's always a twist. And sometimes the twist is horrible. Like it's not horrible, bad. It's horrible, horror and it's terrifying but sometimes the twist is nice and it's pleasant um so i think some shows like that can be marketed as non-horror but if if you're like i'm a director i'm gonna make a horror movie i want to scare the audience you need to tell people that because you're you know it's 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 also poor form right because you want to attract the horror audience you don't want to attract the people who want a rom-com like you don't want like people yes. wandering, like, <laughs> wandering into the uh, the theater, being like, "I can't wait to see this romantic comedy to make my, you know, my feelings feel flutter." And it, in it, terms it, of like, like, what we're talking about before, like survival horror and you know the rating system, um, I think it's definitely like we we need that rating system. We need yeah. Uh, yeah. we need you know video games to be in some way sensor form regulated so that you know seven-year-old timmy isn't picking up max Payne and being like what is this yeah <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We, uh, we actually ran out of time i'm so sad because uh, i could go on forever about this topic but um do either of you have any last words uh anything we didn't touch on that you would like to talk about real quick um don't play games like my brother. <laughs> I would like to say, uh, and uh, uh, don't play games like my brother. Uh, don't play games like me. <laughs> um, we we do we do um, though to self shame to self shamelessly plug. Oh, please, oh yes, please do. Also, yes, that's we, one thing that I meant to say. Um, the classic gaming brothers are a Twitch channel. They're a podcast. Um, you know, Zach is a dear college friend of mine, but we wanted to collab because we're both doing the Twitch and podcast thing. So I'd appreciate if you guys uh, do me a favor and follow them, watch them, listen to them. I genuinely think their podcast is brilliant. Um, I think I really enjoyed having you guys on this episode because I think, especially for this podcast, I 
bring sort of a conversational aspect to things. But bringing you guys in is awesome because I feel like even in just this conversation alone, there's so much that I learned that I wasn't expecting to learn. And like, I mean, I've been saying that crap about Zach since, you know, we've been friends. He's kind of an encyclopedia about all things. Yeah, um, well, I get it from the best, which is my <laughs> father, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm pretty much which useless. Is not you. But yeah, um, if you guys would like to talk anything, please go ahead. Yeah, so we're definitely more of a podcast than a Twitch channel. <laughs> so uh, please don't go to our Twitch channel expecting anything <laughs> great. Um, but we do have a number of episodes, specifically if you're interested in a conversation about horror. Uh, we our episode 19, which was yeah. uh, released back in April of 2020, um, is all about horror games, and we. Uh, so I don't even know because we unfortunately we recorded two episodes about horror games. I'm not sure if we even first. talk about alone. I think I don't know if we we may talk about alone in the dark. We do talk about alone particular in the dark, one yeah. and about how. Um, and how had we we go further into details in regards to how um, the the horror survival horror and horror genre is a thing? I, I actually think that we should re-listen to that episode and figure out what we missed, and maybe talk do another re- revamp on a horror episode sometime. Soon. Also, you know what's so funny is um, I think I recall suggesting that episode as if you email you can uh, suggest a topic for them to talk about. That's right. That's right. And you can you can do that at classicgamingbrothers at gmail dot com. Yes, plug it, plug it, plug, plug it, it, plug it. But yeah, uh, definitely, um, yeah, listen to that episode if you want to learn more about horror, or just listen to our podcast if you want to learn more about classic video games and listen to Seth and I banter on for about forty five minutes to an hour, sometimes, sometimes more, sometimes less. Yeah, we, so we, we always average it forty. Uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Give or take. I try to always average an hour, and it always ends up being like an hour 20, but that's okay. That's awesome. Listeners can write in about what's happening in their life at enteredmentaltainment at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if you would like to be anonymous or not. And instead of giving advice, we give recommendals, which are entertainment media recommendations that would be insightful for you to consume. We have not received an email thus far, so we won't be doing that today. <laughs> You know, in the future, it'll happen. Uh, or if we can't think of anything in particular, we'll give you some brief, non-professional advice. Uh, you can also write in and tell us what you think works or what does not work for the show. We are open to suggestions on topics you'd like us to talk about or how uh, I can make this podcast better. Um, also, if you would like to support me in my business, this podcast, and anything I do creatively, um, especially my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Queen. I'm starting Halloween tomorrow, which is I'm streaming every day for the month of October, strictly scary games. There's going to be like a week of contests and giveaways at the end, like a costume contest. It's going to be super fun. So follow me on there. Um, and uh, make sure you're following us here on Spotify so you never miss an episode of Consume Culture. Um, Matt, Matt, oh my gosh. <laughs> Matt came so uh, second nature out of my mouth because I've done so many episodes with Matt Ramson. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zach and Seth, thank you so much for being here. Uh, tell the listeners where exactly they can find you on the, on the socials. 
Oh, yeah. So you could find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Our Facebook and Instagram are Classic Gaming Brothers. Our Twitter is CG Brothers Pod. Uh, you can find us on pretty much every podcasting application out there. Uh, YouTube, Twitch, also Classic Gaming Brothers. And you can go to our website, www.classicgamingbrothers.com, um, which is just a much more streamlined way to get in touch with us, to be honest. So Yeah, all, yeah. We, we also, on that website, have the podcast where you can listen to it. That's in right. the lounge the lounge i also have a special little spot at the bottom of their website if you want to check that out too that's right <laughs> um, all right well thank you so much uh, published <laughs> what'd you say <laughs> i said they like your your page is not ready yet dylan oh it, um yeah so um <laughs> just kidding um <laughs> to, to be to be added <laughs> yeah it's getting ready well, if anything we're honest <laughs> i love that well thank you both so much for doing this episode uh thank you i'm sure this is not the last that we will hear from you guys um yeah please go follow them uh make sure you're following them on spotify again on twitch anywhere podcasts are uh, listened to and uh stay geeky stay freaky stay you and remember to please consume kindly <laughs> <laughs>